Hey, where are the white women at? But how did he get down to his underwear that fast? We'll just have to take these pants off so that I can take a closer look. Still others evolved so much, they don't even need to wear pants. <laughs> I did. Oh, you did? 12 seconds ago. Cartoon Casual. Yes, it is Cartoon Casual. Where uh, apparently we have a guest who has complied with no pants. Uh, she is definitely not wearing any pants. I yeah. saw. Yeah. Freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of weird. No, no, I think it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we need to destigmatize pants or not wearing pants. Yeah. I believe that was a requirement for coming on this. It show. is a requirement. Yeah. So. I had to the, comply. That's the voice of Jasmine Marin. It is. Who is with us today. Hi, guys. Hello. Frequent listener, sometime guest. She has special uh, skills. Yeah. I got special <laughs> skills, all right. Did, so were you born with ALS? <laughs> yeah, is that how that... <laughs> and then, like... And then, yeah, and then I it went in reverse, and, and I slowly was able to start moving. Yeah, like... Oh, that's like Benjamin Button's ALS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then it dyslexia to a, ASL CIO. That's that's See, the, right. Yeah. So there's not a lot of union support around yeah, here. Was, How does the ASL CIO operate in Mojave I County? That was the right to work state. ASL CIO as in chief information <laughs> officer. No, 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 no. I don't know the, what we're talking. Oh, it's <laughs> AFL, American a, Federation a, of Laborers, and, uh, and oh my God, I don't remember the CIO part. Now, Is Paul's, that, that's, Paul's what that's what you're with. Yeah, that's right. totally who I'm with. Is I know it, all about those people. Yeah, no. ASL, so, so like... Ask me a million questions. It, I've got all the answers about... Is it ASL like... ASL-CIO or AFL-CIO, whatever, yeah. ASL mean that you can move things with your thoughts? Okay, uh, American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations. So you're a union boss. Yeah, that's exactly right. Is that right. what it is? A, you, you guys got yeah. it. No? So close. It's funny because so, so close. Back in the AOL days, AOL, oh AOL, that's what you're. No, no, <laughs> she's a CD manufacturer. No, the a, AOL, the ASL was age, sex, and location. You put a quote uh, like a question mark. Oh, you mean yes. like on AOL Instant Messenger? Yes. On AIM. AIM, or if you want to go way back, ICQ. Yep, ICQ. I knew you knew what that was. I feel like we talked about that before. Yeah, it was my computer days. Your computer. So, what do you use now? An abacus? No, I mean back when I used to work in IT. <laughs> and she's very good. Oh, right. She's helped us a lot with the Main Street uh, website, by the way. Uh, yeah, the Main Street website looked like the website for a swap meet in Tucson, and now it, it was not like that bad in the it was, beginning. It was. It was. It, bad. it was not bad. It just wasn't good. It. Mm. It really irritated me before. Oh no, it irritated really, me too. It irritated me, too. me a lot. It just made me like no, which, which is why it's better now. Which it looked like appreciate. an Angel Fire website from like 2001. Angel, That's what it looked like. Angel Fire. <laughs> well, it's it's a whole lot better now. Anyway, so Jasmine, in all seriousness, Jasmine does the finger talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Finger talking. Let your fingers do the talking. With yeah, a, I got jazz hands. You got jazz hands. <laughs> what is the sign for jazz hands? Is it jazz hands? It's pretty much jazz it's hands. It's pretty much just jazz hands. Yeah. So please tell us what it is. You, you, your ASL, what, just tell me what you do. Tell us what you do. What tell would the you people. say you do here? I'm a sign to language interpreter. 
And um, so that's what I do. I work between ASL and English, and I interpret for deaf people and hearing people that need to talk to and each ASL other. ASL stands for? American Sign Language. Got it. Yeah. So what's interesting, I recently learned this, is we call it American Sign Language, ASL, S-I-G-N, like present tense. But the actual term for signed language is past tense, S-I-G-N-E-D, signed language, because we don't say speak language, we say spoken language. Well, it's true. So I... I, I uh, love it when I learn new shit. Like that, I, re- I really do, like uh, American signed language. It, but it's not American signed language, it's American sign language, because that's a proper noun that they use. Okay. So, but then I went and You're made a business name, and I called my business Mojave Sign Language, and uh, yeah, that's wrong. So yay for me! Yeah, can you change it? I hope, or is it already taken? Well, like I mean, Mojave I could, signed I'd language. Have, I'd have to go through. I like, can see getting why would, domain names and getting. I, I can see why it would be signed language, not sign language, because sign would be like a sign. Right. Well, way. we call it signs. Like yeah. we call them signs, yeah. but if you're saying sign, the actual like appropriate academic term is signed language, because we don't say sure speak, speak language. language spoken yeah. Uh, yeah speak speak word i mean so you he, could if you hang out in south where paul from but <laughs> 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 so here's how dumb i am how dumb are you <laughs> i when when i learned what asl was i don't know how long ago it was it's probably by knowing jasmine i'm guessing because i never really knew anybody that did it and my father took we talked about that before I, you, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that how he knew a little bit of sign language and he helped really? a woman do i told you that story didn't i Maybe. Okay. That's no one listens to me really anymore. Cool. Anymore. You talk a I lot. Just dr- I just drone yeah. There's on. so much to wade through. Yeah. It's like it's like fucking war and peace. Like we, <laughs> yeah. You talk a lot, so. Okay. Yeah. What we need is a Cliff's Notes. For, we need Paul's Notes. <laughs> anyway. Just to still it down. So, American Sign Language. I thought, I, this, this is serious. This, now I feel like an idiot, though. I just assumed for some reason that sign language was international was the same everywhere and and you think why do you think that i thought because maybe someone a couple hundred years ago whatever developed this and everybody kind of adopted that could have been from europe somewhere could have been japanese or whatever i just assumed it was all the same worldwide i would think that it would be something like esperanto that that i know esperanto never really took off but there are people that speak esperanto so if you're calling yourself dumb for not knowing that you basically just called your entire audience dumb for not knowing that and pretty much everybody in america because almost everybody i know makes that assumption that's interesting. Yeah. Why Why do they, though? Why I, I knew that Don't. it wasn't. Oh, you can just sit in the corner. For Otherwise, why would, what, wouldn't they just call it sign language? Why do they have to call it American sign I language? I know. That's why I asked the question. I said, wait, it's called American sign language. That Now my brain is working going, wait a minute. That implies there are other ones. Yeah. And probably at that point, Jasmine probably went, um, yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah, that's usually what I'll say to people when they say, oh, it's universal, right? And I'm like, well, we use American Sign Language here. So, yeah, no, it's not. This is America. We speak yeah, American Sign Language. we speak American language. here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that there are deaf rednecks out there that are just like, this is America. <laughs> yeah, there's probably like a sign for that, like Merca. But I, I, I don't hope know what so. It is. You should have it if you, you know, can develop it. So, anyway, so, so why would you assume that? I don't know, because every country has a different language and it it would make more sense that there would be different ones all over the world, but it just didn't, and now I know. Now now people know out there. More people now know. I would assume it has something to do with the fact that people think sign language is more rudimentary, and so they would assume that it was just like a contrived signing system that people came up with to communicate with deaf people, but that's not really what it is. It's a natural 
like American Sign Language, for example, is a natural language that's developed over the course of hundreds of years. And it has its own um, little, it has dialects just like spoken language do, because that's what happens. Language and culture are so closely tied, you can't separate them. So anytime you have your own culture, it's going to have its own language. And most people don't know that the deaf community has its own culture. So, so how does, uh, I know this is going to be tough to do on a podcast for anybody else that's not sitting here, but can you demonstrate the difference, the subtle difference in a dialect um, of between signs? Are you able to do that? Is that something that you... Well, like, for example, um, in Ohio, where I, you know, learned how to, where I became fluent in sign language, you sign rude on the cheek, where you take your two fingers in an X shape and okay. you twist them on your cheek. That's but rude. Okay. That's rude. But here we sign it. You take your middle finger of your dominant hand, and then you have an open palm in the other hand, and you slide the finger across it. And that's, that's completely different. That's rude. It, yeah, that's not even. I thought like you were gonna say like, you know, the X, and it, and instead of say rotating forward, you would rotate back. Like that would be the difference between someone from Ohio and somebody from or Arizona. Or just touching your no. cheek with it, or something. Yeah. Or, something or like subtle. West Virginia has their own side for outside, which is similar to the sign we use for like coach or captain or chief weird um, but they and west virginia is the only west virginia is kind of its own little microcosm yeah they are uh, yeah. <laughs> and so they have their own signs they use outside it's totally different sign than's used in the rest of the country and then there's ebonics like sign like there's the You've black people have their own have their own um dialect of asl holy crap yeah i have so many questions just about <laughs> so just about just about that yeah, uh, especially, well, okay, so uh, I know every once in a while I, I, well, I stop sending you the videos once you were like, yeah, I, I, I fucking know who that lady is. What's the woman's Holly name? Holly Maniotti. Holly Maniotti. Have you seen the videos of her? She's usually the one, woman who's uh, interpreting um, for bands or for rappers, especially rappers. It's fucking impressive because it's like a cardio workout for her to interpret. Well, like, uh, uh, what's the Eminem song? Rap God. Okay. Watching her interpret that, it just it it, it looks like like she's having a seizure. So like she's I, being I've, very showy too, obviously, when she's doing it. Which is part, part which of is, the thing. What is that? You explain that to me. It's not. She inflection. moves real fast. She does yeah. real fast. Is it intelligible for you? I was going to no, say, can you keep? I up? can't keep up with her. But you guys can't like we can't keep up with the auditory like That's information either. So. It, yeah, true it's true still too. like a half second behind in your brain. Absolutely. So. It's it's equivalent. That probably which pays. Is what that's, pays that's really what well. For. Imagine that pays really well. Do you involve those gigs? Well, um, on the lower scale, it doesn't usually like because by the time you do all the preparation and the practice that you have to do, like all the rehearsals and everything, then you're not really making that much. Fifty you know, cents an hour at that point, but <laughs> but when for somebody like her, that's like the elite, and she's interpreting for Eminem and a whole bunch of other rappers, I'm sure she gets paid pretty well for what she does. Well, but it, I think it's ironic that she's this tiny little white girl, and she's interpreting all this rap. Well, Eminem was ironic, too. So. Yes, that's true. Paul, when she gets into it, man, it's crazy. Gonna, One of my favorite is that she's doing It's a metal band. I, I, uh, I want to say it's a day to remember. But that that was the most recent video of hers that I saw where it was for, before I'd only, only ever seen her... Uh, interpreting for uh, rappers, <clears throat> but watching her do it for a metal band was hilarious because she was able to slow down a bit. But she was hitting like uh, like she's mouthing obviously mouthing the words while she's signing, but also like screaming. Yeah. <laughs> when they screamed, she was screaming, and I'm like, she's like part of the band. Which at the end of the song was the closing number for this band, and uh, she they pulled her up from her like little podium or rise or whatever onto the stage 
and introduced her and gave her a hug like she was part of the band. Like the whole band was like, thank you. And this is that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is really cool. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much when it's done right. That's what you get. So, so speaking of that kind of performance and seeing people do that, people like us and, you know, Joe and I don't really know if it's real or not, but this is not that uncommon. Or it seems to be there are stories where people are hired to sign things during like natural disasters and they're not doing a damn thing. They're just making shit up and people don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. What they're Florida paid to do. had some set. It was really funny. It had, well, funny is sure. not funny. Ha ha. But Florida had a couple issues with that. I want to say as early as last year. I want to say I this was it, last year. It was either last year or the year before where, it, I mean, even I as a layman could tell that it, that, that the, the, they were not doing what they're supposed to. It was the gentleman, right? Yeah. Was I mean, gentleman was doing, was, well, uh, first there was the gentleman and then right. there was the lady, you know, and then, I mean, this all started, those first brought, it was attention to, it was brought was the Nelson Mandela guy uh, down in South Africa, which I think the fact that they were able in South Africa to put somebody on stage that had no credentials just kind of illustrates how um, little access that community has in that country. Like there's no standards for credentials. There's no requirements for interpreters there to have any sort of credentials. They so can just you kind can, of show up and say, so yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, that's yeah. like oppression of that whole community, but I can't even imagine being deaf and not having that kind of access. And then in Florida, there was, they were doing press conferences and there's no, there's no federal regulations about providing access for natural disasters yet. Um, and so they were having a press conference and this guy was a lifeguard who worked for the city and they're like, Hey man, your brother is deaf. You know, some sign language, would you mind interpreting? And this guy said, yeah, I'll do that. And I don't know what the resource issue was, like why they couldn't get an interpreter or didn't want to. I don't know any of that. But so yeah, he was on camera multiple times and they're, you know, talking about like, hey, you know, it's important to evacuate. You've got to ev- you've got 24 hours to evacuate. There's flash floods coming in and he's signing bear mom cat run. So he knew some. Yeah. <laughs> but not even like I was hoping that you would say he was say, he said something like I think the word run was important like run yeah. was important was in rain, rain everybody run canoe even canoe would have been fucking helpful yeah you yeah. know like like yeah. but again flashlights I can't imagine walking around in a world where where everyone else can or most everyone else can hear and you can't and not having proper access like it sounds fucking terrifying yeah. Uh, it, it absolutely does. Like, and, and I, I got a small sense of that when I was in high school. I got flash blinded because mm, somebody wasn't taking proper safety precautions in welding class, and I was blind for four days, probably. No shit. Yeah, three and a half, four days. It was bad. I mean, bad, bad. And it wasn't like I had blurry vision. No, I was. It, everything was black because I had coverings over my eyes. Wow, and, and I, I, yeah, I, I, it, it, and I wasn't right for. Pro- well, I'm still not right, but I still. <laughs> my, oh, my, this is where it all that, started. This is where it all started. I was like a normal, decent human being before, and I became a total shithead because of flash blindness. No, uh, <laughs> no, but it, it took probably two weeks for my vision to completely come back to where I felt safe driving. But uh, you, once you take away one of those senses, you really start to realize how tough some people have it in their everyday life. And, uh, you know, whether you've had it since birth or been like that since birth or not, still, like, I can't even imagine. That's a good, that's another good question I wanted to ask you was, do you find that most people were born with this or 
or developed deafness later in life somehow. Uh, most Ooh. of the people that I work with are born deaf because then they use sign language as their primary mode of communication. People that are usually later deafened don't necessarily use sign language as their primary mode of communication. Oh, really? So they don't necessarily always need interpreting. Yeah, sometimes if you... Cause, um, this has a lot to do with we're going to get into child development a little bit here. Uh, what a term they call like prelingually deafened or postlingually deafened. So the time that you were deafened was it before you acquired language or after? Because if you had already acquired a spoken language before, then you're going to have an easier time lip reading and speaking. Uh, I see. You have like you you can develop your vocal cords. You can do all of those things, right? Whereas if you're prelingually deafened. Um, then those things become much harder. But I had a good friend who was postlingually deafened because of meningitis. And so she could speak pretty clearly and she could lip read decently. But then what happened was everybody thought she could understand them. And she was probably the most frustrated person I knew because there was this illusion created that she could communicate with them because she was able to speak but she couldn't hear them. And but she, it was only that one way street. It, right. She couldn't take anything in and people would probably speak quicker and they wouldn't enunciate or they would be like me behind a microphone. You can't see my, my lips. If you were, had to lip read, you would have no idea. Thank what God. Right. Yeah. Or mustaches I, I wanna, are bad too. Mustaches and beards, they get in the uh, way. Yeah. I don't want to see your lips, Joe. That's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Board shorts. <laughs> the hell out of here. It's super fun to be the third wheel here. Oh, yeah. It should be. Yeah. We like to bring you into the fold, yeah. as it were. Yeah. I'll just stay on the outer edges. I'm good with that. Yeah, you should definitely orbit. Don't get down in the center of the galaxy. You, oh, don't, you don't want to deal with it. It's pretty rough in there. Yeah. It's, it's d- disgusting. <laughs> uh, so you're not, uh, you're Canadian. You're not black, are you? That is a true fact. <laughs> I am Canadian and I'm not black. I'm not really sure how those two things are related, but okay. I am Native American. We we ask a numerous... That's like black can- Canadian, though. Yeah. Okay. We ask members that come on if they're, if black. they're black. It Somebody, goes back yeah. to... Um, is that because... Leonard. Is that because you don't see color? Is that why That's you exactly have to right. ask? That's exactly right. That's it. We have that's to ask. Ab- yeah, yeah, sure. That's it. Yeah, no, it was more. It goes back to Leonard Interior because we didn't because we always asked him before. Like, you're so ambiguous in your ethnicity. Nobody fucking knows what you are. And he's like, I know, I like that. I like it that way, man. It's great. And he got off on it. And then so he said, he sat down. Listen, man. Okay, before we get start recording, we want to get some hope. Got to clear the. Got to clear the. Got to figure this out. And we have to mess with people. And we're like, are you black? (laughs) <laughs> and it was that was literally one of the funniest episodes ever. Like I had trouble like just keeping myself composed because he's so funny. But it, and, and then t- we like, asked him if he was an Aborigine, if he could play the didgeridoo. He's like, didgeridoo, don't mention that again. And it was fucking just <laughs> hilarious shit. But anyway, because then we thought if he had if, if he is Aboriginal and he and he and he uh, has a didgeridoo. You, do those things break down? Can Didgeri, you put don't tr- go there. Can you put it in the trunk of your car? Dude, they're, they're pretty damn. Do they have? A, yeah, do you have a collapsible? They break down like dude, a flute, you, like a w- another instrument. Is there a concert didgeridoo that you carry yourself on the plane, <laughs> or they allow a, you? To bring yeah, it on are the they plane? just one piece? It, it was a whole. This is, these are questions. What, who, is the, who is a Stradivarius equivalent to the didgeridoo manufacturers? <laughs> are you guys still unsatisfied? Have you? Huh. Have you? I don't think we've reached. The I don't conclusion. think. No, I want to have them on there again, on here again, and ask them the same dumbass questions. <laughs> so I was, but I really was anyway, going with, okay, with the Canadian yeah, thing. Yeah. So you did you become interested in in sign language when you were in Canada at any point? How old were you yes. when you left Canada? Uh, I was fourteen when I moved to Ohio. 
And was there like a wall there between Canada and the? No, go figure. Actually, <laughs> um, I yes, I'm sure Pierre Trudeau actually built it, but Justin Trudeau tore it down. I was what was what was what is now referred to as an undocumented immigrant. Uh oh. Oh. Um, You're snowback. Yeah, sure. Um, but yes, I don't know. Where, I don't know which which way we want to go with this. Do you want me to tell you about that, or do you want me to go answer the question about? Oh, we'll get to it all. Okay. <laughs> So I um, went to an elementary school when I was a kid that had a deaf program in okay. it. And that's how I originally became interested in sign language because uh, I had a teacher's aide that I loved and she knew sign language. So they moved her into the deaf class. So I followed her over there. And Do Canadians do ASL kids. or they have CSL or something? Uh, Canadians have ASL and LSQ. So oh, of course they do. Yes. The Long de Sing de Quebec. I was I, I knew it was going to be some sort of quack, 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 quack. I couldn't. <laughs> Actually, technically, French I think it would be Long Dacing de Quebec. That Is it? Be. Okay, I have it, so I have another question. So even though that would be sort of the, the Quebecians are... As per, oh, you, my God. As the, per usual, the Quebecois have their own thing going. Uh, yeah, I was going to say right. the Quebecois, have, they're kind of like Quebecois. <laughs> okay, um, do they, <laughs> even though it's French, Canadian, whatever, that kind of thing, is it... Is the ASL similar to this Quebecian language at all? Because we're close to each other. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I'm waiting for you to call them Quebecistanis. <laughs> that's <laughs> coming. That's next. Je ne sais pas. I don't know. I don't know anything about LSQ. Okay, got it. That's, that's a, not we, even we, like we can leave okay. it right there. Je peux parler français, mais je peux pas signer. Okay. Je m'appelle Joe. Fromage. Fromage. Did you ever watch The Wonder Years? When he yes, ran around yeah. all the time, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Yes. Voulez-vous coucher? And he was saying it to everybody. That was great. <laughs> all right. So you became interested in it. Yeah. And did you start learning any then? Uh, yeah. I was hanging out with the deaf kids, and there was one little girl named Onai who was from uh, Africa, and she had just moved to the to to. So she to, was black. She was black. Yeah. Okay. She was black. <laughs> Let's get, get and the audience clear. She was pre. Sorry, Joe. She Joe. had been. Joe. She had been what we now call language deprived, which means she hadn't been given access to a sign language when she was little, because she was in Africa, and you know they don't necessarily. They, don't, they didn't have food, let alone right access. So she didn't really have any language when she got there, and how, she and I kind of bonded. And, how old was, uh, she, was she? I think she might have been like seven. Oh God! Wow. I have a picture of us somewhere in my photo album. Were She's, you ever were you able to keep in touch? No, I mean, like I said, she wasn't. She didn't even have language. Like I have no idea what happened to her eventually. Mm. But hopefully, I'm I'm assuming that you know if she stayed there, she probably um, learned language eventually. But yeah, so that's that's kind of what I, I I used to I used to hang out with the kids, and I was kind of older than most of them, and I learned how to sign like bell and things like that, and I'd be like, oh, the bell's ringing now, we got to go inside and that kind of stuff and this was back in the day when the kids would wear those giant they'd have to have like the whole vest thing or like the harness that's what it is it's a harness and then their hearing aid box would be like in the center of their chest and then they had these huge wires that would run up to their hearing aid I've, Lord. I've never seen such a contraption yeah it really like they do that with medieval. little they do that with little kids but even like when Marco and Diego had cochlear like they when they were little they had hearing aid box or cochlear implant boxes that connected up and so they there's pictures of them running around with their so the, little harnesses on too the, the box thing is a microphone I think it's the speech process well it depends if it's a if yeah if it's a hearing aid then it's the microphone okay. but if it's a 
if it's a cochlear implant. And I think that was back in the day, the old style speech processors that they used to have before they were able to get them small enough to put them on the back of the ear. Now, that brings me to something that I really wanted to bring up because I find it fascinating. Just as a completely outside observer, because I don't know, I don't know ASL. I'm also not deaf. I don't have any close friends that are deaf. So I have, you're my only person that can really, that are the only person I know that can really kind of give me some insight into this. But yeah, yeah I have ultimate power. But you control. also are an outside observer too, but you're just a little closer to the inside. <laughs> but in the deaf community, there's a, there's, differing factions and, and arguments of wh- whether or not cochlear implants are proper or not. And yeah, there's should, definitely controversy that. over that. Controversy is putting it fucking mildly. Cause like I've heard, I've heard of like families being torn apart because son wants to get a cochlear implant. Mom and dad are both deaf and they don't have one. And then that's their only like real, that's one of their connections to their kid. And they, a lot of deaf folks in the community, I guess they don't, um, they don't see that there's anything wrong with them. So why should you fix it? Yeah. Which I underst- I I can understand that. Um to a degree. So, it's always interesting whenever I get to work in the hospital for a labor and delivery because when a baby is born, they immediately do hearing tests on the baby like within the first 48 hours. Um and the medical staff is always like, "Yay, your baby passed the hearing test." And for the parents, it's not always, "Yay." They're usually like, oh, well, you know, we'll be happy with whatever. We just want our baby to be healthy. But most of the time, they're usually, you know, they might be a little disappointed that their child isn't going to be like them because they know they're fine being deaf. Of course. Most deaf people that were born deaf, they don't know anything else and they wouldn't want to know anything else. they, They love their life and they love their language and they love their culture. And they wouldn't be sad to share that with their kids. Um, So. But, but there's also. I mean, you can watch them, thousands of them on YouTube, the videos of folks getting their, as adults, getting their cochlear implant tuned in for the first time. And then once they get it kind of tuned a little bit, they they hear their, they hear like their dad or their mom talk to them for the first time. They get to hear their voice for the first time. So like, I can't imagine being, having to make that kind of decision because I get it. It would be like if my kid wasn't funny. Cause I know I'm, I can, I am funny, and Portia's funny. Yeah, I would have. But off, if she was I would just have like this, Portia, a long time no ago, no shit, just got I would have. Seriously, just put her in a, in a fucking tank of a toilet and put the lid on. Like give her, if she give, wasn't funny. Or give her the Grand Canyon push. Oh my god, Whoops, she it was an accident. She slipped. Sorry, Portia. Hope you're doing well in college. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, but seriously, but that's how like the one of the ways that she and I bonded was that we're both we both have a twisted, sick sense of humor. A, a lot of people don't find that funny and but we bonded over it and that's something that we have we see things in a similar fashion and i can i i obviously being you know parent child both being deaf would be even a heart or even a, a stronger bond but in that same realm so i can i don't know i just i also you should talk about i know we've talked about this before in the medical community people want to fix things yeah yeah they take the we call it the pathological approach or the pathological view is oh, this is a problem we can solve. So this is, you know, how we solve it. You you have surgery and you put this implant in and then you're all better. But, um, and that's one perspective on it. But the actual efficacy rate of cochlear implants varies. Like it's not a, it's not 100% like panacea every time. It doesn't right. fix. It's not like a pacemaker will 100% of the time pace a, a heart and fix it every time. Right. It's not, it's not like, yeah, I understand they're not like that. And I heard a demonstration one time of, You've seen this or heard this before, Paul. The 
where they demonstrate what what speech sounds like processed through a cochlear implant, like as as, yes, as much have. as as much as yeah. a hearing person could actually hear it, um, and it's not as great as you think. No, it's, it's not. It's not. No, not at all. It's not. Um, so a couple things on that. One is Germany has actually recently forced um, parents to implant their child. So that's happening in other countries where they're being forced to do it. So really? yay for America where we don't inf- inf- now, impinge people's rights in that regard. I want to throw out there just, a, just I'm, I'm not saying this is my opinion. I've just heard this and I found this to be an interesting perspective of if you don't think that it, if you if you are a, you are you are a, you say you are a, a person or a, a deaf person, are we using the people first language still, or is it? Can I say deaf person or person with a hearing disability? What am I supposed to say? Uh, they say deaf people. Deaf people. Okay, let's say you are a, you are a deaf person, and uh, you don't think there's anything wrong with you. You're not going to get a damn implant. Da, da, da. Well, fine. Okay. Well, this is something that could potentially be fixed. Several doctors have said so. So you don't have we don't have to provide you any access. Uh, do you I, see Do you see where I'm going with that? Where like, if you don't think anything's wrong with you, why are we making special concessions for you? I'm not saying I believe this. I want people to understand that. I'm just saying but that there, was an interesting perspective. I never really thought about that before. Is like it, it's it, it it's uh, if you don't if if this is a fixable, not problem but a fixable issue. Hey, I have clients that right. have cochlear implants and they still need interpreting. Okay. Just because you have an implant doesn't mean you don't need interpreting. It, English is not necessarily their first language, even, you know, regardless of whether or not they have an implant. Like, just because you have an implant doesn't mean all of a sudden you're... So, they've done studies on this at Gallaudet University about language acquisition with and without implants. And they found that the only case in which children meet all of the developmental milestones that are, you know, deaf children meet all the developmental milestones is when they're given access to natural accessible language. In this case, in this country, that would be American Sign Language. It's natural natural and accessible. Um, So through a cochlear implant, English is still not considered accessible. So the only way a child is going to hit all the na- those milestones is by given a- be- being given to access to that. But it has to be continuous access, fluent access. Like the models, the language models that they're using have to be fluent. So like basically what that means is that the child has to be raised in a family of people who are fluent signers. Um, not people that are just learning ASL one or two at the college because they just found out they're deaf, you know, their kid's deaf. And this, the, la- the most recent statistic, which was quite a while ago, um, was the estimation is that about 90% of deaf kids are born to hearing parents. And we don't know how accurate that number is, but it's a general concept of most of the deaf kids that are born out there have parents that know nothing about ASL or deafness or anything. Now, in your, in your experience, your professional experience, is that number seem completely completely asinine or is it pretty close i think it's pretty close yeah okay so most of the deaf people one of the reasons they have their own culture is because they don't associate so much with their families because they have no communication with their families so if you have a kid that's growing up without language access okay maybe they have an implant but they're not being given asl so they're going to be developmentally behind to whatever extent it may not be very much it may depend on how effective their implant is what other accommodations they're getting but they're going to be behind to some degree most of the time because that's what the data shows so um 
even if you do implant them, them at a young age, they're still not going to be necessarily equivalent to a child that was born hearing. And that implant can break at any time. That happens a lot, you know, especially they don't really have good waterproof ones. They're start of, they're finally starting to kind of make really good waterproof ones. But like if you're in the rain or you sweat a lot or somebody accidentally pushes you in a pool or, you know, whatever, like your implant could be fried for weeks at a time, maybe. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why even if you put an implant on a kid, it doesn't make that kid hearing. And so I don't think that argument. Of, That's not making that is that is the that it's to me the way now I'm thinking about how how ignorant that argument is or was. So it, it to me, the cochlear implant would be the equivalent of putting someone in a wheelchair that cannot use their legs. Yeah, maybe. It, it, it made things easier. It didn't make them the same as someone who can walk. Yeah, it's not it's there. And, and like you said, there's still going to be a delay, which to me, it seems like a cochlear implant would almost stifle the your um, your development. So Gallaudet University. Yeah. And in some ways, I think it can, because then if they're not 100 percent committed to ASL, um, then they're probably going to be delayed. They're going to rely you know? on what they think they can hear and not be so like just. Yeah. get rid of it and 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 do what would you say what's natural and what's available accessible, accessible. Yeah. and and which would be well yeah that makes sense so um so Gallaudet University they did this study and um they basically the recommendation that came out of it was that you should give kids access to as much language as you possibly can and there's been lots of other studies prior to this that say access to multiple languages is better for your brain. Um, it actually improves your IQ, does all kinds of good things. Like there used to be arguments that said, oh, you shouldn't try to teach a kid two languages or if there's two languages in the home, that would confuse them growing up. And that's all been proven. Oh, hell yeah, really no, it's absolutely false. It reminds me of, um, you remember Mr. Holland's opus? Yes. The, the boy in there, uh, Cole, mm-hmm. was uh, it was deaf. And I, I that Gallaudet sounds so familiar. I just want to say that that I feel like that's the university he went to. Well, once probably, he graduated, it's the only the deaf movie. liberal arts college in is the it, world. Okay, and, I, and so where where is this? Washington D.C. Okay, yeah. I just remember I no, I, I, that's one of my favorite movies. But I think I yeah I remember that specifically. Anyway, it's an interesting perspective. I do you remember how we wanted to like originally the hokey jokey. <laughs> idea that we had for this podcast episode yes <laughs> where we int- we did the intro and there's a fucking silence for like 40 minutes and it goes to a music break i think that was mike's idea wasn't it well it was it was mike's idea and then i chimed in with we should there's a marley matlin is in some movie from the 80s where she sings and it's meant to be a joke the way she's singing but it's like people, you know, it's uncomfortable laughter. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed it's uncomfortable laughter. But it's still funny as shit. I was planning on putting that song as a music break and just seeing how many fucking people we can offend. And they're like, you know, there's a bunch of silence on there. I'm like, no, it's, 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 well, it's, it's, it's actually it's, recorded. It's American yeah. Sign Language. Like that, that whole, that whole episode is closed captioned. Yes. And just make people have to fucking read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do is put the entire dialogue and run it through a, a voice to text. <laughs> but just leave it alone, like not correct anything. Just be all fucked up, like your texts are all the time. Hey, Paul. Hey, no, they are. Hey. <laughs> anyway, hey, um, let's take let's, a break. Yeah, let's take a break. We'll take a break and um, get some water. And I, have, we'll I have more questions. Many more. Paul questions. has so many more questions. Yes, we'll be back. I do. 
great illusion When I'm with you I'm looking for a ghost Or invisible reasons To fall out of love or run screaming from our home Cause we live in a house of mirrors We see our fears and everything our songs Faces and second hand clothes But more and more we're suffering Not nobody, not a thousand beers Will keep us from feeling so alone But you are what you This is Cartoon Casual Podcast, and we are back with Joe and Paul and Jasmine. Oh, thank you. That was very nice. Jasmine spoke about herself. In she the, did. In the, is that in the third person? Is that what it is? In, sure. In the third person? Sure. Like we were talking about yesterday? Yes, that was. Joe doesn't like that. What yeah, do you neither, think? Neither does Paul. Neither does Paul. <laughs> 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 it started if, as messing if, with Dan. If we went over all the things that you guys didn't like, we would never leave here. It's true. Oh, yeah. That's part of the... If you, People love to bitch, and we're not an exception. Mm-hmm. So. We just got professional about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's raining outside now. It's lovely. It is. It's, we have a nice little it's storm. absolutely lovely. Yeah, it's... Uh, it gets kind of slowly down. It's going away. Anyway, I'm watching the radar. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Shocking. Okay, Grandpa. I've Try a, not to uh, fall asleep watching the Weather Channel. Like I used to watch the weather when I was a kid. I was just fascinated with the weather. Did you go outside and watch or you watch the Weather Channel? I, well, b- both, but I was not a kid when the Weather Channel came out. I was older, of course. Whatever. Hey, you know where the Weather Channel is uh, uh, based? No, I don't, Grandpa. Mar- Marietta, Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually ran into a couple of the uh, weather female types. Whatever you want to call them, meteorologists. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to have Jasmine on more often. If nothing else, just to knock your dick in the dirt. That yeah. was beautiful. No, yeah. Anyway, well, no. that's that's like the old at joke. a couple like, bars. It what was, do you got? We, that, what do you call a black guy that flies a plane? 
a pilot, you racist. Yeah, exactly. That's same. That was perfect. <laughs> perfect. <Yes>. Meteorologet. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a card of, of one of them. It was at a bar. It was an Irish pub, actually. It was kind of cool. She just she just knocked you out with that one. That's, That's that fine. Was perfect. You can you may go now. Thank you. I'm right. gonna keep Jasmine around. Good. That's funny. Um, so I've got more questions. We live for those that don't know. Live in Mojave County, which is a big county. Mm-hmm. I wonder what size of county it is. It's like the thirteenth. It's, dub- it's double the size of Rhode Island. Yeah, it's like twelfth or thirteenth largest county in the country, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's like 80 people here. Is it the is it the largest one? Uh, I'll get to my point here in a minute. I wonder if it's I the hope l- so. <laughs> someday. <laughs> Haven't yet. Yeah, we're still waiting. <laughs> yeah, like what's the point of Paul? <laughs> that would be, oh that's no, the, that's the big question. No, this is not an existential episode. We are not doing existential crises <laughs> this week. This week it's deaf talk with Jasmine, Joe, and Paul. <laughs> okay, um, you are, I believe, because we talked about this. I love it. Have I ever told you guys how much I love it when you say we've talked about this? No, no, no. No, you yes, and I you have. have talked about this, not on another show. I know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What have we talked about? That you, I believe, are the only, whatever the phraseology, the certification, whatever, in the whole entire county. Is that correct? Yeah. So there's two interpreters here in the county that are licensed. I am one of them, but I'm the only one that does private practice like... Um, work so i have the other interpreter also works for me sometimes but only occasionally the entire because she has a full-time job yeah a few few people that don't know about mojave county you can just look it up and see how big it is how many which is why your subaru has many miles yes so many 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 miles how many miles do you have your Subaru? oh i think i'm getting close to 145 and what year is it I think she just got it last week. She just got yeah. it last week. No shit. Yeah, she's actually had it for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. She's currently driving, actually. She's <laughs> yeah. phoned this one in. At about 140 knots. Yeah. Knots. <laughs> knots. What the hell's a knot? You should not mention that anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're one of the only, and uh, so you have your own, what you, you work for yourself. Yeah, I have You are a, a free market, free. Free enterprise. Free. I'm an entrepreneur right there you here. Go. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have an agency, Mojave Sign Language, and I provide interpreting services for all of the hospitals in the county. Well, I don't know if there's a hospital up in Colorado City. I've never gone up to that part of the county, so I could technically, I mean, I can go anywhere in Arizona. I'm licensed, I'm licensed to practice in Arizona, and then I'm also registered in Nevada. Plus, I have national certification, but other states have their own requirements. Some of them do, and some of them don't. And there, we varies. talked about this as well, is there should be a national standard that everybody should follow and it should be licensed well, that way. There, it sounds like there is a national standard. It's just some states go stricter than the national standard. Or uh, they're, they're different. Is that correct? Well, there's so there's a national certification that you can get, um, but there's not. that's not necessarily... Like, there's no federal requirement for uh, minimum uh, qualifications for interpreting. Like, the that's Americans awful. with Disabilities Act just says qualified, but they don't define what qualified means. That's really funny. Which is how you get dipshits that do bear, run. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the yeah. each state, on, on it's, been left, it's been left up to each state to decide how they're going to uh, qualify it. And, like, for example, uh, Ohio has no licensure. Um, Ohio requires that if you're going to work in the K-12 through setting, you have to get a a license that basically it's like if you go through a two-year interpreting program at the end of your two-year program you can apply for a license and they'll give you one and then you just have it forever there's no test you have to take 
Uh, There's no, no CE stuff no, or nothing like that Jesus. that I know of with that. Um, but that's the only licensure requirement that Ohio has. So pretty much anybody can work as, as and call themselves an interpreter in Ohio. Um, and there's no there's no requirements there. I know that there's some talk, uh, at least among the interpreters that I know there, about wanting to change that. But like here in Arizona, you have to be licensed to practice. Uh, actually, our law in Arizona is the opposite of Ohio, where you have to be licensed to practice as an interpreter um, for anybody except for children in the K through 12 setting. That's and so strange. That, that, the different how is that just because they don't want to put the money give put the money into the schools because it's on it's the burden is on the school to provide it essentially to pay, to pay for it essentially it's a it's a I money it, you know that's usually what it always comes back to is the departments of ed get themselves exempted from when 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 the communities or the legislatures um, propose licensure requirements in different states departments of ed often get themselves exempted from that because they have enough clout to be able to fight the the law if they wanted to and so they you know the argument is that they just don't have the resources because there just aren't enough qualified interpreters out there for them to provide qualified interpreters for all the kids so uh, you know and then funding's an issue so how do they get qualified like how do they unfortunately in our country um our school systems in general are way underfunded so if i can no they're not (laughs) yeah they have plenty of money they just got to figure out how to budget it yeah, so, that's that's the dipshit argument. So I, if I well, they they underfund what they pay interpreters. I can tell you that. So it, it's it's not competitive for me to get it. Like schools don't have; they're not competitive. So I can go out and work uh, in private practice, or I can get a job with like a video relay service or something else, and make much more per hour than I could if I want to work in the schools. So why would I? If I have the credentials, why would I choose to work in the schools? I have a. I, have, I want to ask you that question. Why do you? Um, because it's really important, and oh, they go. don't have access to qualified people. And what are you going to do? I mean, which kind of goes how back do you to what not? We, like what we talked about before we went um, before we started recording was how because there's nobody else, you're forced to be the advocate. Which uh, obviously there's a conflict there, but it's also a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's been interesting because, you know, when I came out here, I didn't, when I moved to Arizona, I didn't plan on starting my own business and I didn't plan on becoming an advocate or doing any of these things. And I really, I, my, the program that I went through didn't really prepare me very well to do that. So when I started out, I'm, I said some stuff that I'm sure a lot of like medical providers just thought was like, I was threatening them or, you know, I said stuff that like, looking back on it I'm like uh, I had no idea what I was talking about I mean I knew generally what I was talking about but I there was much better ways to say it and um I've continued my own education over the period of time that I've been out here and I've also learned a lot from trial and error from talking to providers because most like um what I when I got out here I found out that primarily most of the work that needs to be done is in the healthcare setting because uh we have an aging population out here so they're going to the doctor a lot um and most people are retired that move out here. So they're not necessarily, we're not really doing like, I'm not doing employment type interpreting much out here. Um, and then when people do want to get jobs and they're deaf, um, asking for accommodations for interpreting is a touchy subject because it's possible that they might not get the job if they ask for the accommodation. So they don't a lot. Because Which is not they're worried about the discrimination. Well, it's not technically illegal if nobody finds out. 
right. which is bullshit. But it, yeah. it is it's a thing. It is it, it it absolutely is a thing. It's like visual when when you visually interview somebody as opposed to look at they might be perfect on paper but when they walk in and they see that their clothing's a little disheveled and da, 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 and then it's not the position there's like this is dealing with the public it's not going to be good you can't just say you can't look like that and work here right you know what i mean you can't you can't do you just you you but legally they don't can't have do to, that right but they know but that they, they don't they have can. to say that they, so yeah. they could just say oh we went we went with somebody else we went with it went in a different direction away from having to make those accommodations which is horse shit but Right, it's business, it's crap, but it, it and it's nasty, but it is what it is. So because so, of that, a lot of deaf people don't ask for accommodations because they don't they want the job, and I totally understand that. But in the healthcare setting, it's totally different. Like you need to provide accommodations because um, this is life or death stuff, and it's important for the patients to you know to have informed consent to know what's going on, and also to be able to get accurate histories and all kinds of other you know be able to do diagnostic assessment of a patient. So an example might be, let's get down to the cut to the chase of how you make money. So as just a, a no, so <laughs> this is interesting. You might get a call at three in the morning from a hospital. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they, cause there's someone that's deaf that's injured and they need to communicate with this person. Yeah. So I have contracts with all of the hospitals here in the county and it's up to the hospitals to figure out their policy of, you know, like they have to have a language policy because if they want to be accredited by the Joint Commission, the Joint Commission insists that they have a language policy because things like Medicare and whatnot require that you have those in place, not only for deaf people, but also for people that speak foreign languages. And so I have contracts with all the hospitals and it, it's different degrees of how much they integrate me into their language policies, but it's up to them to decide uh, when they want to contact me. Um, and so I've done a lot of education with some of the hospitals and like they call they're great the staff knows me and they call me like as soon as a deaf person walks in they just immediately pick up the phone and call me and yeah sometimes it's at three o'clock in the morning and that's super awesome does does the hospital ever excuse me does the hospital pay you at all like even a tiny amount if you're just not even getting called in other words do you get any kind of little compensation for existing here and staying around no i don't have my contract set up that way and, and that's not most interpreting not agencies normal. don't do that you don't get like okay. a so. dollar amount like on call or something like that yeah they're yeah. like if you're yeah. when when hospitals are big enough that they have staff interpreters um they'll 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 sometimes have interpreters that are like that'll do on call time and they will get paid um either either they'll get paid a little bit per hour um until they actually get called in or maybe they just get paid more when they do get called in. And that's sort of what I do is I have I have differentials. So if they call me at the last minute, I, it costs them more. Does it cost more if they could call you at 3 a.m. as opposed to 3 p.m.? Yes. yes, I also have as a well it should. for that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's funny because anytime I'm ever texting text with you, I feel like you're either on your way to or from court or to or from the hospital. Because yeah. those are like your two biggest those, things. Those are, yeah. Which is, huh. so it's like the two worst places that no, nobody want, nobody ever wants to be in court or in the hospital. <laughs> now, granted, most of the time I'm also at the hospital, but I'm working as well. Yeah, so a lot of times they're not too happy to see me. <laughs> no, because they, they don't want to be there. No, no, I'm sure not. So my father learned how to sign, and I don't know why it was. It was some. Uh, I wish I remember this. Alice, I don't think would know either my stepmother because this is before they were married. But anyway, I think it might have been a, a, a mechanic or something that actually was deaf, which is interesting 
because you have to listen to things a lot, but I, I believe it was, and he wanted to communicate with this person. So my father learned it, the basic stuff, took some courses. This is back in the 70s, I guess. And uh, and he helped actually a woman one time in the middle of the night. And he um, it was he was flying for Delta and came back from a trip, and it was, I don't know, it was you know, midnight-ish or something, and saw a woman. And he, he was glad that he had his still his uniform and his hat because mm-hmm. it looked like it wasn't just some guy in a t-shirt and a you know flip-flops coming up to help yeah like me, you like me like your uniform <laughs> t-shirt board so, shorts flip-flops so he put on his hair put on his hat and went there and and she could he figured this woman you know he was deaf and she was freaking out and scared and it was not a great area and and he was able to hear the car and start it for her and stuff and interesting and, and that was the only uh that was the only time I remember the story that he ran into someone that he didn't know that that was deaf that he helped. It was kind of a cool story. It's cool how long ago that was. Yeah, because we're talking like like forty five years ago. It's been like yeah, late seventies, mid seventies. So I had a deaf friend who um, left his car running for like a week. <laughs> well, I mean, basically he went out. He went out to start the car, and there was no gas left in it because he had left it running <laughs> the last time he got oh, out of it. Shit, and glad he couldn't hear it. Glad it well, was yeah. inside and gassed the whole house, and yeah. that could be a problem. Lord, yeah. you don't think about those things that those folks struggle with, and until like you just, it's not even something I would ever think about, like leaving my truck. I don't think I've ever forgotten to shut off my truck. Yeah. Um, it's it's just not like I've done it once with mine. But I, I worked with a, a gentleman. He, in fact, he's still a UPS driver out here, and he's uh, he's deaf. He has two. Um, he's he's like what are they? Is it predominantly deaf? Is that what they call it? Profoundly deaf. Profoundly. Yeah, I knew there was some adverb there. Profoundly deaf. He's not a hundred percent deaf, but he's like he's profoundly like, is the is pretty much the maximum one. He, he's like ninety five percent. Like he has hearing aids, and he can hear. Like he could, he could hear loud noise. He worked, uh, he worked part time as a delivery, a pizza delivery driver for me when I managed the Little Caesars here in town, and he, um, he had hearing aids in and had tr- had a little bit of trouble with speech. And he was, uh, what did you call that? Prelingual. Prelingual. Yes, yeah, so he was born. He was born deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he could hear with his hearing aids in turned up all the cranked up all the way. He could hear loud noises. Mm-hmm. Like there were times like we used, this is t- terrible just to demonstrate it. We would he would fuck with us and just and pretend like he couldn't communicate to us when he he could speak fairly well. Like you could barely tell that he couldn't really hear. But he would if he if there was somebody that was new, like a new person that was just being trained. He would speak very, very loudly to them, even though he fucking knew better, just because it was funny. But it would go back and forth because then we would take cans of like the empty cans of tomato sauce and just drop them because they're the big ass cans, right? Empty can, gallon and, cans, yeah, yeah, the gallon cans, and just drop it on the ground. And from about wa- my waist high to the ground, he couldn't hear it, but from like head high, it would scare the shit out of him because he could hear that. So anyway. Um, I asked him like, so do you have, is there any benefits to this? And he goes, yeah. Cause I can pull my hearing aids out and I sleep like the dead. Yeah. Sleep so soundly. And it was like, it just clicked in my head. I'm like, I can't fucking imagine what that would be like. We call it, there's a concept called deaf gain, which is like the benefits of being deaf. And that's, that's one of the benefits. Like, yeah, take your implant off, take your hearing aids out and you're good to go. Yeah. It, it, it's like what my quest for that kind of silence was. Met After with you it. listened it was, to me for a while. No, 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 no. It was Jeremy Foss when he <laughs> let me use those Bose noise canceling headphones. I never oh, yeah. used in ear noise canceling like earbuds before, and it <clears throat> it was actually startling to not hear anything. 
it kind of, it was jarring to for it to be that that silent and that and I'm thinking oh my god I could sleep so well if I could sleep with these in but yeah what other benefits like you said deaf gain yeah yeah because like you know a lot of times they talk about it as like a deficit or hearing loss that's a common term so deaf a sit deficit <laughs> I need you to put your head down I'm done <laughs> what, what would the other uh, what, give me give me another if, positive. The, if the deaf were going to a picnic and spread out a blanket and they were sitting down there'd be a deaf a sit get it if they did stand up comedy it'd be deaf comedy jam we already talked about yes, that we did she and we I did. talked about that uh, do they have a deaf jam Favorite record company? Def Jam. Def Jam. Def Jam. Not fucking funny at all. <laughs> it's just all heavy bass. Yeah. Very heavy bass and lots yeah. of lots of vibrations. Yeah. All right. So anyway. So yeah. Other. Give me another. Signing through windows, so you can communicate oh, through windows. Oh yeah. That's another one. People can't do okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um. What else they got? I would assume that deaf. Okay, folks that are folks that are deaf that can sign that are fluent in sign language, which would be I would maybe the majority in the world has some sort of sign language that they use. Is that correct? One way. Or would you say that there it's a it's there's actually a majority out there that don't have access like that? I couldn't give you an estimation on a number. I'd say there's a lot of both. Okay, fair Um, enough. But uh, those folks are probably a little better if not a lot better at reading body language because they're, that's what they, Oh yeah. They peripheral don't, they don't vision listen. is much better too. The, oh, I was just yeah. thinking that too. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, the, that guy that I, t- I wish I could remember that guy's name that I worked with uh, years ago. He told me that he could, he could hear vibration or feel vibrations before anybody else could hear it. Like he would know cause he lived probably, I know he lived about four blocks from me, which would be five blocks from the railroad tracks. And he could hear it. He could feel a train coming from a mile away. I'm told that cool. you know they've got real good tactile stuff going on there. So I'm told that, uh, um, in the bedroom, that's a that's a plus. <laughs> I like how you've tactfully put that. Yeah, I was going to be like the the deaf deaf people are much more touchy feely lovers. Okay, which that makes sense. We yeah. talked about porn, I think, a while back about this. With a deaf porn. I have to know about that. I was not part of that conversation. <laughs> oh, you weren't. I don't think. Okay, yeah. Let's hear about deaf porn. So I have this friend of mine who's deaf, and she got some deaf porn because she was curious about it. And then she's like, this is ridiculous, and sent it to me in the mail. So she, well, Like a tape or she, a, a it's DVD? It's a DVD. So she's like, here, you need to watch this. So she sent me this DVD, and the first... The only I've only watched the first scene of it, and I don't. Well, yeah, that's how most most. Now, welcome to being a guy. (laughs) But the first scene of it is it's it's great. It's a video phone installation. Like so, rather than like having somebody that you know is coming to fix your water heater or whatever, it's the the video phone installer from the from the video relay company showing up at your door. Sounds put your video phone in. It's cheesy, but it's still pertinent. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But what? Keep going. That's the only one I watched. You didn't oh. watch? Like, did you watch? Like, was, is this a full penetration flick? Yeah. She, uh-huh. Did you watch the rest of it? Like, the, now you said you watched no, the first scene. I didn't. First scene. I'm not talking it. about this. Well, I kind of want to know. Like, is there like? It was like the, I forgot I even had it until we were talking about porn one night, and then I'm like, I forgot I have this thing. I'm getting on Pornhub and looking this up. There's got to be. There's got to be a category. There, there has to be. There's a category for everything. Yeah. I, I just want. Like, are they? Are they? Are they? 
signing while yeah s- sexing. Uh-huh. How do you do that? While sexing, one handed. Yeah, I mean, okay, people use one handed signs all the time. Okay, it's incredibly sign language is incredibly efficient, and the way deaf people use it is incredible. Like it's amazing what they can do with it. It's a it's a beautiful language, and they do all kinds of very cool things with it. So. Yeah, maybe even when you're signing and holding something, that might be nice. I don't know. Hey, speaking of... Have you ever... Speak, wait, wait, hold on. Speaking of, of communicating... <laughs> have you ever... You, go you, ahead, y'all. Go ahead. No, no. Thank you for jumping in because I was just going to... You're going to go gonna, down it, this I was going to go down the rabbit hole just because it's, I find it fascinating. It is Because it's something that I know that I probably personally will never be able to experience. And that kind of sucks so because of, it's because it does fascinate me speaking of communicating when you, there are other alternate ways to communicate when you shouldn't communicate whatever what joe and i were in a courtroom yesterday mm-hmm. sitting next to each other mm-hmm. communicating back and forth via text go figure right yeah i know no, you're no, not shocked on. at all are you but what wasn't it amazing how many people that were there that were ones that we know Apparently couldn't you know figure this out or didn't text to each other, but they're just fucking talking oh, and you whispering mean the, back the, and forth. The and, jack off that was just like, yeah, I'm gonna whisper this loud and it sounds like I'm whispering. <laughs> and you're like, you're not whispering, dude. Right. You're a fucking asshole. And that entire like, row, the entire row in front of us, that's how they were communicating. I'm going, mm-hmm. why? I'm just watching this fucking shit show. Going, don't you guys have smartphones? And we were completely no, I guarantee they don't. And then there's the one dude who can't operate his smartphone. Oh yes. The yeah that, that kept going that fucking, and it kept, kept going noise. like he kept making noise when he was trying to silence it. It would just get. <laughs> louder i'm like <laughs> when somebody give this guy a fucking and these are the people that are trying to do something in the community to think they're making it better when yeah. your phone is smarter than you that's not yeah that's and, true and, and these are the these are the groups of people that are trying to you understand where i'm going with this that mm-hmm. that's those people yes i just thought it was like so you had a lot you, of respect for them there right then. yeah oh yeah yeah can't you guys communicate and not have us be disturbed by it no apparently not nope but we were able to text back and forth like a couple of teenage I almost, girls. I almost, I almost made uh, Joe crack up a couple times. There was a couple of good ones. He made, yeah, well, it, was a, it was a funny pun. That we can't normally, say it. I normally we don't, can't say it on the air because it's going to drop a name. It doesn't, whatever. We'll tell you. Yeah, it's very fine. funny. Yeah, that, that yeah, guy can funny. suck a dick. Anyway, <laughs> I now now I'm getting all worked up. Anyway. Uh, talk about deaf porn or talking about the... The know, deaf porn thing just... Followed fast, by it, the... It, I'm so fascinated by the deaf porn. Like, it just, it just... Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Well, it's just there's a there's a lot of things that go on in the bedroom that are I will not say, spoken word, but are still noises yeah. that you wouldn't hear. And I just wonder. I'm going to go out and say it, I think that uh, deaf sex, if both people are deaf, is going to be incredibly fucking loud. Literally fucking loud. Like most things like, that deaf people do is re- are really loud because they don't realize it's, uh, it's slamming like yeah. setting setting the phone down stuff like like it's just little tiny things like that. I assume. Yeah. Slamming cupboards all the time. Oh, oh yeah. Stomping when people are asleep in the house. Okay. Yeah. Fun times. Good times. I was gonna say. <laughs> I feel like you've you experienced have a, a lot of, lot of those, Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's my favorite. Huh. The cupboards thing would just drive me crazy. My favorite is when uh, all the people in the house are deaf and asleep and you're locked out. Oh, God. <laughs> this ha- I assume this has happened to you at least once. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Did you just sleep outside? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't, it wasn't nighttime when that happened, but yeah. 
I don't these are things that you just don't. Uh, yeah, it's it's again, it's stuff that you don't think about. But the 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 volume. That's funny. That this like because it go. It, it was not funny. The the cupboard thing would that well, that would that really would. I don't yeah. like slammed cupboards and I don't like open cupboards either so I, I just it just that would just bug the shit out of me and if you're like a hearing person that goes to a deaf party you better bring your plugs because the music is gonna be way louder than is safe which that's is good. good advice yeah I mean like everybody thinks deaf people are quiet and they're not but what I really think is funny is when like I go into like a doctor's office and the provider starts yelling at the patient, like, and I don't mean actually yelling, but talking real loud. Right. And I'm like, why did you hire me to come in here and do this if you're going to just try to yell, yell at the patient? Yeah. Or the other thing they do all the time is ask them, how do you say your name? Or what do you want <laughs> me to call you? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you call them. They can't hear you. Yeah. And they just look at me like, but that's what we do in hearing culture. We call them by their name. And I'm like, in deaf culture, that doesn't matter. It's... Again, it's fascinating. It's a whole. It's a whole world that I have no like. Not very little. I know very little about. Yeah. Well, most people cool. don't. Most right. people don't. And I like the questions I get all the time are like, "Well, who who you know, who pays for your service or who hires you? Does the deaf person?" And I'm like, "No, it's you know the provider's responsibility to do that because it's the same thing. Like if you you're have a, you're like a wheelchair ramp. Exactly. I mean, real really not yeah. to. I don't want to make you a a, purse, a piece of furniture, but like, uh, uh, yeah, it's your, it, that's what it is. I mean, it, they have to provide that. Yeah. That that pro, like the provider, whoever built the house, built this, what the establishment, they have to provide that. Same thing goes for you mm-hmm. for your yeah. services. And most people don't know that. And why would they? Because it's such a low incidence thing. It rarely happens, so they're not prepared for it when it no. does. So before you went on air, you also spoke about um, that you're gonna be maybe writing and maybe be published like a chapter in some kind of a book or. Something. That'd be nice if it happens. And so what is this project? What is the book? What will it be? What could it be? So the book is a textbook on medical interpreting, and I'm getting my master's degree in healthcare interpreting. Um, so I'm almost like I've completed all the coursework for the for the degree program, but I haven't completed my capstone project because I'm doing research, um, which I've collected all my data. But now I'm in the process of doing data analysis and then doing the and then actually writing the report up. So at the same time as I'm doing all of this, uh, this book opportunity came forward. And um, so my research topic is kind of complicated and requires a lot of backstory. Do you really want to hear this? What? What I'm? No. Yes. yes. God damn, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the, give us the I mean, what did, 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 Yeah, didn't they contact you? No, I mean, I... I saw that there was a proposal, like there was a call for present or a call for chapter proposals. And so I asked my professor if she thought it would be appropriate for me because I read the call and it pretty much fits exactly what I'm doing. Um, they're asking the, they want stuff on in the decision, like ethical decision-making of interpreters, which is a big part of what my research is on. Um, and also it's specific for medical. So I was like, this seems like it would be the appropriate venue for me to publish my work in. Not that's just what I want to do. Like perfect. Right. Like it would be a per- like a perfect fit. Because I, I do want to, like, I don't have to get published for my, for to graduate and get my diploma. But if I'm going to put in all the work of doing the research and gathering all this data that I think is really important and could actually help, why wouldn't I want to take that extra step and get published? Because maybe it'll actually do some good out there. Sure. So... Um, yeah, it's perfect. And I emailed them and, and asked them whether or not they thought my research would be appropriate. And they said, absolutely. We'd love to have you 
give a proposal. So that's what I'm working on right now is trying to get that proposal together. And you told us a hell of a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Two months. Yeah. For the whole manuscript, not just the proposal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, But the proposal is like a, like, not quite two weeks. Yeah. Like a week and a half or something. Shit. That's cool, though. I, I... I hope it happens. I, yeah. I want to be like, yeah, you know her. She's in a book. I hope it happens. I, I work with a couple of nurses that are published in published in uh, cardiology manuals. Like, oh. like, yeah. That's well, cool. one's one's now retired, but the other one's still there. But it's that it's really neat to look at a textbook that has been published that's in like its fourth or fifth edition. So it's probably got a couple hundred thousand copies out there that have their names in them, and I know them personally, and they've taught me things. And yeah, I that that's, is a- that's really cool, and it would be uh, cool as hell. Yeah, it would be. Hopefully, it happens. We'll see. I can't. I can't make it happen. But I'll I, buy it. I'll buy the textbook. You buy the textbook. Sure. <laughs> Hell, by the time I want to know how long what the timeline is of it being published. Portia is already talking about continuing her uh, ASL education. She wants to do one year of an of, of a of a spoken language. Yeah, uh, just have it under her belt. But like, you never know, man. I don't know what level you're talking about. But she's. But you have to understand, she's also going into medicine. So she's going into. Uh, nursing, so that that would be. Yeah, I think I would think that medical that that level of interpretation would be. I think some of the topics that are like some of the chapters will be focused on like um, provider type relationship stuff to where like what the providers should be doing or best practices. So that might that kind of stuff might apply for her. Um, and of course, in general, it, knowledge is never bad. But specifically, what I'm writing about is for interpreters. It's not for providers. Gotcha. I uh, gotcha. A little different. All yeah. Right. Well, cool. Well, that's let's put a cap on that one. And yes. There's another. There's Jasmine is many things. She's not just an interpreter. That's true. She's also a yoga instructor. Yes. You're the All second right. yoga instructor we've had on here. Right. Yeah, what the hell, man? Why wasn't I the first? I I, I think it was a scheduling thing. I think it was yeah. a beer and bruise promotion is what it was. Yeah. It's cool. Beer, oh. and, bru- beer and bend and bruise. Bend and bruise. bruise. Oh, that's good. Good Lord. The bend and bruise. You know, that's... I came up with that name, bend and bruise. Did you really? Yeah, that was me. Damn it. All right, cool. Yeah. There's a the Dark Sky Brewing in Flagstaff does, uh, they do the same thing, but it's something in pints. It's like, it's like, Poses and pints. Poses and pints. That's it. Yeah, poses and pints. And I was like, these fucking people. I need to get into marketing. I like it so, because it sounds like it could be like, you know, like bruises on your body, which, you know, that's kind of my type of yoga is it's a little harder core. Bend so. and bruise. Yeah. So <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think everybody that's ever practiced with me probably says that. So how did yeah. you get into yoga? Um. Well, how did I get into yoga? So interpreters have a really high rate of cumulative trauma disorder. Or they get carpal tunnel very frequently. Okay. Um, and I was working, when I was going to school for my first degree in interpreting, I was working full time in IT and then going to school at night for interpreting. And so I was sitting at a desk all day typing on a computer and then I was using my hands. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Right? Okay. So I kind of started to v- develop carpal tunnel syndrome, like pre you know, preliminarily. And I was um, going to a chiropractor and getting treated for it. And then a friend of mine and I started going to the gym. We joined the Y in Columbus, Ohio, and um, they had yoga classes there. So I just started taking yoga classes at the Y like once a week on Saturdays um, to try to just help strengthen everything. Um, And that's sort of how I fell into it. And then I moved out here and I kept trying to do yoga once a week with my other exercising stuff. Um, and it just sort of freaking well, snowballed. So, so here's, here's what's 
Go ahead, Joe. Me? You. You, me, you. me, you. Me, I was just going to ask it, which came first, the yoga or the Subaru? The yoga came first. Ah, see. Uh, fucking, it's a gateway. Fucking it's, a gateway. Knew. it's a gateway drug to Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> Yoga's Subaru. a gateway drug to Subaru's ownership. Yeah. Granola. I yeah. had, I'm pretty sure I had the first Subaru Impreza uh, in the county. Like, you know, the, the version of my car that as it exists at the time. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I was the first person here to have one. Really? I, Is that this one or prior? This one. Okay. Because yeah, they didn't. All right. Nobody had Subarus here. So there, I remember, I remember the uh, racy type guys had the Impreza WRX like STIs and stuff yeah. like that, but not a hatchback and definitely didn't have rack on top of it. Yeah. So, so it, it was a. It had a wing on the back of it. <laughs> that kind of Subaru. So yeah. I got that car, and shortly after I got it, I was uh, hanging out with my friend who lived in Vegas, and we were hanging out with their roommates. And I was telling them, I'm like, yeah, I got the least lesbian Subaru that exists. <laughs> right. I said, it was. Uh, Is that a thing? How, how? What makes it the least lesbian Subaru? I mean, well, other than the fact that a straight woman's driving it. Um. So it's like it's not the Outback, which is the standard one. Yes. Yes. True. You know, it's a little more sporty and a little. It's not the WRX, which that one's. I mean, let's those dudes that are driving them are lesbians. Let's be honest. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're one Home Depot card and a softball championship away from just being in a lesbian relationship. Right. So it was just like a joke. So I said that to them, and like, however I said it, like all they heard was me saying lesbian. So then they're asking my friend, like behind my back, is Jasmine a lesbian? <laughs> and she's just laughing in their face. It was awesome. That's funny as hell. Did she correct them or say? They, she laughed in their face. She's like. Fuck no or something like that i don't know but like oh yeah she's gay as a day in may she might have said that I don't really <laughs> which, know. Would, which would kind of still be funny it would be hilarious it's totally um, cool if she did i don't care okay so here's here's my question or okay. my comment is about yoga i have i've done i have not done yoga in a while as you know jasmine but i uh, I, I was on a semi-regular basis with doing it out here bottom mat all this kind of thing and then i actually went to um did some work with my business uh out of town at some sizes of towns about the size of Kingman, for example. And there are a lot of places out there that don't have yoga like we do. Yeah, we're pretty we're, lucky. We're kind of lucky. There's True North, and now you're teaching it at the, what's the place you're teaching it at? Kingman CrossFit. They, Fucking King. always with the CrossFitters. They won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, we're an hour and 11 minutes in, she just barely one. mentioned CrossFit. Yeah. No. So, so, but it was, <laughs> and I, I would go to, I would do guy friends of mine that work on these aircraft, and I would say, well, doesn't your, you know, I'm sure you don't do yoga, Tom. He goes, no, well, maybe my girlfriend or so-and-so's wife will know, and they're calling around for me. I go, no, we have to go to Sumter, and it's like 25-mile drive Aww. or more, and I'm going, I'm not going there. I, I can't. I, you know, I could go into town, but I can't do it here. And so it was just—it was amazing. I didn't know this because it came from Atlanta, and there was a lot of, a lot of yoga places, obviously there. But I didn't know how, um, not rare, but whatever it is, well, a lot of places like we have, and we've got more than one option here. But remember when we went to Williams? They have a yoga studio. They did, yes. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, but that doesn't surprise me about Williams though, because Williams also has three breweries, and they have four thousand people. Right. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. the other thing is, there's different types of yoga, so you might get a place that has a yoga studio, and it could just be like super gentle, you know. It. Just kundalini, because yeah, it could, or, yeah, it could get we could get weird with the kundalini. We could get really weird with the kundalini. Uh, I was reading about that the other day. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> even even within yoga, there's so many different types that even if they have a yoga studio, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the kind do they, I want to do. Do they teach uh, yoga or do they have yoga classes or whatever at the hospital here also or not? Do you know? Yeah, the wellness center has some yoga teachers. So there's three or the more than three places then in this little town of ours? 
that I know of. I think right now those are the only ones. Okay. I mean, there are some other grassroots. Like, I think there's a lady, Jan, in town who I think she teaches at, like, one of the churches a couple days a week or something. Well, and I know Timmy used to do it at the at the park. Would do it, like, like once or oh, twi- yeah. like twice a month at the park. And somebody kept doing that for a while. And I've seen people over at, love, what is it, Firefighter Park doing doing yoga in a group, like a group of people. I don't know if it's being led. I don't know if it's just a group of people that are fucking around or if they have actually somebody leading it or not. But I, no matter what, I think it's cool as hell. And and I, it's part of my example of when people talk to me about they come through, they come through Kingman and they, they just stop off. Like I'm, you know, working normally on a Saturday, like it is today. I'd be working at the brewery, took the day off, but I would be working and someone would come in and they go, we didn't have, we had no idea that you guys had like a vibrant downtown going on. And I'd say, yeah, it's, Recent, because if you would have told me 15 years ago that Kingman downtown would not only have a barbecue place but a couple breweries and a fucking yoga studio, I would have laughed hysterically at you. Like yep. yoga would never happen in this town. There's an no, art hub. Now. There's no way art an hub. art hub. So now I'm, of course, I'm proven wrong because I'm the, I was the nace, not a naysayer back then. I was just like, that's just not something that would happen in this town. And now there's multiple places, and I think that's cool as hell. It is. It really, is. It is really nice, and, it, and the people that are not. That are kind of on the opposite end of our what we call our spectrum, you know. Think downtown's probably a bunch of damn hippies and and uh, and it is, but it's also a bunch of incredibly you know cool people. Oh, that's what it it, that's that's exactly what it is. I wish we had more hippies. I do too. Yeah, me too. I'd feel more. I'd feel more at home if we had more more hippies. And they certainly aren't threatening to anybody. They don't. Not typically. They're not really hippies. Don't typically threaten your way of life unless your way of life is not smelling patchouli. If we Jasmine get, <laughs> and Mike. <laughs> if we get the farmer's market moved, then I'll probably teach yoga at the park during the farmer's there market. That is that freaking awesome. Cool. That would be really nice. Yeah. Yep. I know that Sarah was talking about that, too. So, yeah, she yeah. keeps asking me to do it. Yeah. She it, wants me to do it for First Friday, too. I don't know how well that would work. I think I that's a riot. Yeah. No, man. I think that's like a dude, like a 10-minute, 10 10-minute, 10 10 minute, like super, super soft yoga class right out in the street. Softest and then yoga ever. The, so- the softest. The softest. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe in October and November, first Friday, maybe. Look at softest. Soft is so good. Birthday party. Oh, for ever. those of you out there that ha- don't know anything about Letter Kenny, it's a Canadian comedy series. It's the funniest shit in the world. And they have the softest birthday. Softest birthday. I want to have the softest birthday. Letter Kenny. All one word. Hilarious. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. It's my new favorite show. It's, oh God, it's so fun. And they, you yeah, know, you I didn't know about it until just recently, right? We talked about it, and you went, what's that we're talking about? Yeah, um, actually, I had two different people tell me about it at the same time. Joe was one of them, and my friend, uh, who I just call Raymond, even though that's his last name, but I still call him that, he also asked me about it around the same time. So. Interesting. And, yeah. and it's funny, because I would think that you would have heard it just being Canadian. Yeah. I don't know if you're like a Canadian, like a Maple Telegram or something like that. No, the, I don't the, have that. My no, friends don't. My friends in Canada don't say, "Hey, you should watch this TV show." Like that doesn't happen. We don't have those conversations. Oh, so bummer. All right, cool. I yeah. like I like Canada. I've been to Canada several times, and I never once had a bad experience. Even the time where my tent mate melted the tent because he left the propane heater on. It was still a good time. It was still a good time because then I, that's when we learned how to build a. Uh, a snow shelter and slept in that for the rest of the week. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been to Canada cool. once picking up an airplane. Hard to believe. <laughs> Where at in Canada? I don't know. Across from Detroit. Windsor? Sure. 
Wow, you really got the full immersion experience. Yeah, it was. Of Canada. I, should, I mean, I didn't get the full immersion in Owen Sound either, but like yeah. I but at least I've been to uh, no, I've been up to Quebec and around a little bit around in there, but so I got to experience Oh, wait, that's not true. I went to Vancouver. It's still more like going to Hong Kong. <laughs> Vancouver was nice. I went up there. Scott That's a shout out to, to Zen DeHo because he cracked that from WD Podcast. He cracked that joke a couple days ago because that's where him and his wife were going for their like anniversary. Scott, anyway. Scott and I flew my airplane. I was like that too. Yeah. Scott and I flew my airplane to Seattle and then we rented a car and went to Vancouver. There was an airplane manufacturer there. We, we were, Scott was checking them out for something. It was a really, wish you would have stayed there. Scott, my friend, the aviation person, is not really into let's travel, let's go have a cool place for lunch, and he's not that kind of a guy. Well, then why is he in aviation? I don't know. Because he's an engineer, and he yes. has to. He, he likes to fix things. What's the point of it if you're not going to go? So so we're going into, and I can't remember which way it was. It was going into... North. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was north. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going north. Oh, God. Whatever highway okay. it is. I'm so sorry. At the border, you know, we have our passport, and that kind of, we're going up there, and I had my aviator glasses on. And, and we're talking to the guy there, and she give him our passports and stuff, and he goes, take your glasses off, and then look straight ahead, or whatever it was. And they, and they have this facial recognition. Of course. This is after 9-11, of course. But I went, okay, whatever. You know, and then you look, and they check your face out, and it runs it through, and then they, okay, you can go. And oh, I remember going into a bank also in Canada because Scott was opening up a bank in Canada because you got to move your money around or something. Hey, did you know in Canada they don't have drive-through banking? Really? Yeah, I can imagine that because I walked in the I walked into the bank and the the guy made me take my glasses off going into the bank in Canada. Also, yeah. we're not as much about conveniences down here in good old America. What is this get wee your, shit? When was the last time you were actually a Canadian? Get your butt out of the car and walk inside. Yeah, no, it's probably better. It is but, better. But, but is there a some sort of But we do have full or? service. We do have full service gas stations. So you don't have to get out of your car to get gas. Which, you know, the only state left that does because that, I think, is Oregon. it's freezing outside. I think Oregon Jersey. stopped. No, Jersey. Yeah. Jersey's the other one. But it's not mandatory. It's not like Oregon where it, you have to, but it's an option. You can pay a, you can pay a premium, like an extra 10 cents a liter, and... Uh, then they'll do like you. So you pull up to the full service uh, station or the self service. You know, yeah. there's two options, and then you got to tip the guy too. Which in Oregon you don't have to tip them, but up there you do because you know it's it's thirty off. below and there's a wind chill that brings yeah. it to like negative fifty. And so yeah. Anyway, so I was gonna say I learned pretty quickly that no matter where you're, I was going when I thought the security was involved, I was I automatically took my. I learned pretty after twice. I just you were conditioned to took take my glasses, glasses off. off. Wow. Here we go. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Hmm. So yeah, there you go. That's, That's um, it. scary. It is scary. I'm still trying to figure out the reasoning behind the banking thing. The no drive-through banking. I think it's because of. I think America came up with it out of sheer laziness. I think, so, you think so. I think she's right. There's a. It's sure. interesting. There's not all like we have a lot of stuff like you know Canada is a first world country, but in a lot of ways like they're not on the same level as the United States. Like I went home maybe. Um, six years ago or seven years ago, and I'm like, I'm just gonna buy like a little pay-as-you-go phone to use for the you know week or two that I'm home. Doesn't exist. You can't get that. It, maybe you can now, but you couldn't. There's then. no burner phones in Canada. No, they don't do that. <laughs> How do you like, sell your meth? Yeah, what do you? Right. Yeah. That's probably why they don't do it. Well, that could very well be. Uh, hey, hoser, want some meth? That's how oh, you do it. Oh God, hoser, <laughs> take off. <laughs> I. It actually, I. I read this somewhere that Canada has does have a 
pretty bad meth problem. Everybody has a meth problem. No, no, no. no. Like they, like they don't like, like we have meth problem. No, I mean they have like whole towns in the skids. Yeah, exactly. Like really? those guys. Yeah, the skids. Like in Letterkenny, that's what those are all meth addicts. That's what those guys are supposed to be. Okay. And uh, but yeah, the they have there's whole towns like towns of twenty and thirty thousand people that are like Butler. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and it's but it's out in the uh, in the in the uh, uh, plains. Yeah, in the sticks, like in the plains provinces. Like it's it's all it's wow. just, we call that the prairies. The prairies thing. I knew there was like it's a province. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, well, it's not a, it's it's, not amazing. It sucks, but it is. Suck. I mean, but it eh, just goes. Well, to is show this meth problem ever going to kind of be gone at some point? No, that's something. Remember, I mean, seriously. Remember, you and I. Ta- I don't think we recorded this. But you and I have talked about this before. How. Uh, my friend who's a he's an ER doc and has been an ER doc for about 20 years and he said the the problem with meth versus opioids at the very least the opioid crisis will eventually peter out because everybody overdoses and dies oh that's they right, either get yeah. rehab or they overdose and die like you don't have 75 year old opioid addicts and there's a lot you we, do have 75 year old meth addicts that just healthcare system them, healthcare yeah. si- doesn't kill them it fucks their heart all up then we put a pacemaker in then that regulates their heart rate and we just keep on using meth and it won't. Their teeth will fall out. The only time you typically die from meth is if they shoot up and overdose or they use a dirty needle and get sepsis and die. Like that's that's usually, or they get uh, uh, endocarditis, which is like a, an inflammation from the infection of the sac surrounding the heart, the heart and, then yeah. you, and you die. The membrane. But otherwise, okay. yeah. Or they so, get HIV and then AIDS and then toxoplasmosis or something like that. But for the most part, they just meth addicts just keep going, keep I, on going I like an energizer bunny. We looked up uh, how many opioid uh, deaths annually. It is a shitload. It's bad. It's it, it's an it's epidemic. Like fifty thousand or one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. or some godly. I don't know. It's a large number of thousands of people. I'm super glad that uh, this episode about that I'm associated with is, is meth. going down the track of meth. Hey <laughs> man, you're the one that brought up Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Meth rhymes with death. And that was death. the natural conclusion to that. <laughs> Blame Canada. It's, <laughs> it's, I can tell you one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me involved someone shaming Canada while I was in Mexico. <laughs> Bo and I were on vacation down in Puerto Vallarta. And some dickhead was at uh, sitting at the, the outside bar. The night before, we, I had met, or Bo and I had met this uh, these two um, ladies from, um, they weren't from Vancouver, BC, but that's where they flew out of. And they're just like Joan and Manick, not Monique, Manick. Right. Don't I don't understand sure. whatever. But they were cool as hell, and we decided to kind of go out and party with them. Well, we were hanging out at the beach bar, and this just drunken asshole comes up and just is talking tons of shit about Canada and making fun of Canadians, <laughs> and just would not shut the fuck up about Why? how shit. Well, he's just oh, the, the the typical Canadian jokes that you. Obviously, this is his the first his first time out of the country. <laughs> okay, yeah. And, and he was just being he was just being a dickhead, and I just wanted to crawl into a hole and and die somewhere. But uh, those 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 ladies took it in the stride. They're like, oh yeah, you know, we're kind of goofy, but at least we don't go and start a bunch of wars and just commit tons of war crimes like your current president. Because this was two thousand four. Okay, See, and and it, now I was like, oh shit, like. That's, in, in Canada, we all make fun of the Newfoundlanders. We call them the Newfies. Yeah, the Newfies. Yeah, so we all—that's who we pick on. Any, any, so you kick them. The I wonder who they kick on. The Newfoundlanders. Who, who do they? Who they do don't. They? they kick <laughs> off the side of the. Yeah. Of the bluffs <laughs> into the water. Yeah. Everybody gets it. The, the, every, the, yeah, the, I don't think the Newfies get to make fun of anybody because they're the weird ones. Yeah, they are the weirdos. Wow. 
Yeah, the real weirdos are the ones in Labrador. Are the, but they but also but don't all of you guys kind of pick on the Quebecois a little bit, or it's like a no, known we don't cynicism. Pick, we don't pick on the Quebecois. The Quebecois don't want to want to have anything to do with us. Right, they they're always trying to secede. Yeah. They're, no, really. Like, do, are really? you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. They're con- okay. they're, they're constantly not trying to be a part of Canada, but they couldn't survive on their own. Yeah. Which, I don't think. I I mean, I don't know anything about their economy, but I'm fairly certain they couldn't survive without. My the- granny's from Quebec, right? Like, our tribe is in Quebec, outside of Quebec City. And so, and I lived right on the border between, because I live in Ottawa, which is the capital of the country, and it's right on the border between Ontario and Quebec. Uh, and so everybody's bilingual and it pretty much because it's the capital of the country, most people work in government. And so you have to be bilingual if you work in government. Um, so I spent a lot of time in Quebec growing up. It's a cool place, but yeah, they definitely want nothing to do with the rest of us hmm. <laughs> sometimes. When it's, con- when it's convenient for them, I'm sure. Yeah. I, and I've, I, like I said, I, I've never run into anybody from Canada that was not but, super nice. Like they're, even the Quebecois, maybe yeah, same because here. I'm not I've Canadian. Never, but I've never had a yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing like the accent of a man from Quebec. It's great. Okay, that's why Justin Trudeau gets on TV and you just melt. All the there's, ladies there's, melt. Everybody and a bunch of the dudes. Yeah, I'm kind of one of them. I like. I would love to meet Justin Trudeau. <laughs> like, I really would. Did just, you see the one where he like popped out of the woods and he'd been like running through the woods and there was like people on the side of the road and he comes popping out and he doesn't even have a shirt on. No, I didn't. Oh, see, yeah. I didn't see that one. <laughs> He's doing the Putin. God. <laughs> hey, he, he does yoga too. I'm sure he does. Yeah. The, 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 the Jasmine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with a man that does yoga. I, no, nothing nothing whatsoever, especially if he's a beautiful Trudeauian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jasmine, thanks for coming out. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think we're going to we'll talk about it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, learning a little bit about ASL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not and, we ALS. Had, and didn't not have to do ALS. ALS. No uh, ice bucket challenge, which is nice. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I had to squeeze that fucking joke in there, so bad. But yeah. thank you for doing what you do. You're truly a benefit to the you know community and the world as a whole, for sure. I mean that in, with zero sarcasm. That's it's. Thanks. Yeah, you're, I, you, yeah, you're I a net. It. You're a net positive. I there hope are a lot so. of people that aren't. I hope I am. Yeah. That's what I we, we you know. I don't feel the need, like, I don't feel a hole where I feel like I need to go fill it by doing something good for the community, because I feel like I do that every day. You do. You absolutely do. You already so. you already do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I get paid for it, which isn't the worst thing ever. No, exactly. You find something that you love that serves other people that also can pay your rent. That That's like the trifecta right there. And for, it's super cool. Like, I love ASL. It's beautiful language, and I find it fascinating. It definitely puts you in a kind of an elite group. Yeah. Shall we say? Just try not to pump her ego up any fucking oh, more, okay? All right, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right, fine. All right. I don't think I'm the one at this table that has a problem with that. Wait, what? what? Pumped up ego? Yeah. You think it's the airplane guy? <laughs> I'm not naming names. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, don't uh-huh. I don't know what ego means. <laughs> I, I. Do you want me to explain that to you? <laughs> no, I don't. Jesus. All right, fine. All right. You got anything else, Paul? I have nothing else. Jas- nothing in me. Jasmine, are you spent? Yeah, do you have anything you'd like to add, say, anything? Promote. Here's the time to do it. We didn't get to talk about any of the hippie stuff, but that's cool. No, we can definitely do that. We can do a whole other 90 minutes oh, yeah. on that for sure. We should do just a hippie show. 
We should. Yeah. We should. We'll just, just ask some hippies around. Yeah, just bring in, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and I throw myself into that category too because I'm the one that makes. I love the smell of patchouli. I, I know. hate the smell of patchouli. I know. And I hate I, it. I know, and it cracks me up. I actually, I did not put the uh, any sort of patchouli scent in there because you were coming. I just put it in there eight hours ago, nine hours ago because it stunk in here. I. Uh, so it wasn't to mess with you. I was sick um, a few months ago, and I couldn't like breathe out of my nose, and I couldn't smell anything. But for some reason, I oh, I went to Savon because. I wanted to get some of those uh, showers, the shower soother thingies that mm-hmm. she has, where you put them in the shower and they oh the shower vaporize. steamers, yeah, yeah. the steamers. Um, I wanted to get like the eucalyptus and and uh, spearmint or like menthol one that she had to help with the fact that I couldn't breathe. And so while I was there, I'm like, I'm just gonna pick up some slices of extra soap to have for my bathroom. Like I'll just buy some extra soap and I couldn't smell them. So I got home and I started using it a couple weeks later, and I'm like. God, it's patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, shit. How disappointing would that be? And you're like, you can't wash it off fast enough. Oh, shit. That is hilarious. That's where you hop out of the shower, go get some Dawn dish soap, and just wash everything down. Like a duck from <laughs> Exxon like, Valdez. Yeah, exactly. It was just covered. Dirty beaver. Did I just say dirty beaver? <laughs> oh, man. I That's forgot. what she said. I forgot to bring up real quick. I went for that hike of Montezuma's well thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The creek that it, the it the spring outflows into is Wet Beaver Creek. Okay. What? I sh- No, I sh- look this up. There's also, uh, so terrible. There's a, it's, it's a quote unquote secret swimming hole because it's like a four mile hike to get the swimming hole. And it's w- the crack at Wet Beaver Creek. <laughs> no shit. You Did Google this. This is actual. No, this is an actual state sanctioned location. It's a, it's in a state park. Well, they have Sarah's Crack in uh, Havasu. I'm, well, uh, oh, I've heard about that. I got you. Got to help me out. With, oh, that's the hike down park? to the. It's down yeah. to the the hikes down like to yeah. the lake, right? Call it yeah. Sarah's Crack. Sarah's Crack. You call it Sarah's Crack, or does everyone call it? I'm Sarah's pretty sure everybody okay. calls it Sarah's Crack. Yeah. Is that an official? Name. Everybody's been in Sarah's Crack too. I, I haven't been there yet, but I, I'm planning a trip soon. Yeah, mm, yeah. You'll enjoy. I, it. I hope Sarah's hope, drunk hope enough. Hope you enjoy Sarah's. You crack. get sloppy seconds of Sarah's Crack. I'm okay taking sloppy seconds. Why not? I mean, I'm pretty Just sure. Just happy to get it right. <laughs> it's so. What does Charlie say? It's so slippery. Charlie, <laughs> it's so slippery. Can, can can we be done now? Yes, please. Because it's inappropriate. Wet it's, Beaver Creek. It's, Check it's it out. Awful. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks, Jasmine. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye.
Thank you.